Hello, I'm Emily Dean. And I'm Kim Highland. And we're your hosts for You're Not That Special. Where we share conversations about the wonder and joy of our everyday lives. And we're so glad you're here. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Emily. Summer, hot and sunny afternoon. <laughs> um, Very hot. Like we went from, it's actually going to be in the 70s in a couple of days. Praise the Lord. It's yeah, been in but the it's 90s. crazy. It, it is Virginia schizophrenia yep. weather. Yesterday, I lost five pounds just by walking outside. <laughs> I it just sweated Dad, off me. <laughs> I know. Well, and when it when it changes so suddenly, you're just like not ready for it. And yeah, I, I um, stood in the garden center at Lowe's for five minutes and felt like I had done a good hot workout. yoga, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> bending yeah. down to check the price of a plant, and you were like, oh. Oh, that was. was a good stretch. It really was. Well, Dad, we were there, and Dad was like, I'm going to go inside and look at some things. I was like, oh, I'll just stay out here. And like five minutes in, I'm like, I'm dizzy. I'm, I'm dripping. I wonder for those who are listening not in Virginia, if they're just like, what is wrong with the planet that you live on? Because- it really is wild because last Wednesday— we were meeting with some friends out on the front porch, and I had to bring out blankets. It was chilly. It was like at low 60s, yeah. maybe— yeah, even close to 50. Because actually last week it did overnight get down into the 40s. And now it is hitting the 90s. But, you know, I know in, I, where did I see? Washington State, one of mm-hmm. my friends posted 115 degrees. What? I'm in like, the how world? do you live? I don't understand that. I really don't. 115 degrees. Yeah. Because I know places like Arizona, it does that, but it's not as humid. So it's really, really hot, but it's not humid. But, Washington State's humid. very humid. 115 How would you degrees. breathe? I, that's exactly what I'm thinking. How would you breathe? But yeah, so it's actually summer now, at least today. Later this week, it'll be spring again. Right. <laughs> and, but and we are quite literally in the calendar season of, of summer. summer. Yeah. Yes. And we were talking, it's so funny because we will talk for a very long time about what to talk about and then realize <laughs> we should have just been recording. Some days we know exactly what we want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Other days, we're not, we really have to wrestle it. And there's so much life happening all the time that it's kind of like, well, what's, what's popping up? Like, what's the most, you know, in front of us at the moment? Right. What are we learning? What are we learning? And I think there is something about, because kind of where we landed was, you know, just last week we talked about transitions, talking about seasons, and both of us really love seasons. We live in a place that does have all four seasons. I mean, we have pretty extreme cold most and snow and in the winter, and then we have hot, hot in the summer. And then, like we said, it's very mixed up. So. Mm-hmm. It has the four seasons, and then it can't make up its mind sometimes here in Virginia. But um, something about summer that I thought of is we love it, but summer can feel a little chaotic because you don't have, like, your normal fixed points. Yeah. And I know I love that we're coming into summer, and we're just, you know, we're kind of newly arrived at summer. But I also, by the time summer's on its way out, I'm ready. You're so, so looking forward to those fall routines and like schedules and having to check in and accountability. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like the wide open days are awesome and I'm still loving them, but, but it does feel a little chaotic. And, Mm -hmm. And I was telling you earlier how, especially as the weekend comes, 
life around here, you know, just with family events and things coming and going, it becomes way livelier. Yeah. And so by about Tuesday, I'm like, all right, are we, (laughs) are we done? (laughs) And, and I have, you know, and then I kind of have this low where I'm like, I mean, not low, but it slows and I, I rediscover myself and the meaning and purpose of life. And I, I put my ducks back in a, in as neat a row as I can and get ready for the next weekend. And so that's, that is very much summer. Yeah. Whereas the rest of the year, there's way, way more routine. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and tiring and. Mm-hmm. And you were you were talking just a minute ago though about um, your your literature that yes. you're diving deep into. Why yes. don't you Why don't you tell our listeners about right? Well, I've been really pressed recently to just get a little more philosophical and um, you know just get in get my sink my teeth into some some meatier stuff because you know I tend to read. Um, kind of like lighter things. So I've been reading Wind in the Willows and Molly and Rat have just been dropping some truth bombs (laughs) that I felt the world needed to hear. (laughs) Wind in the Willows. (laughs) Wind in the Willows to your children. Although I went to the library the other day. I hadn't been to the library in over a year. It was Mm -hmm. the weirdest thing. I was like, oh, I love the library. Yeah. Yeah, I've missed you. And we have the most amazing library it's in the world. Yeah. It's old, 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 gorgeous. Anyway, I did something that I've always done. I went and got a stack of children's books mm-hmm. that I'll read to grandkids, but I will also read on my own. Mm-hmm. I love children's picture books. And there are deep truths. So, Molly yeah. and Rat. Well, there are a lot of deep truths in uh, especially older children's literature. Yeah. yeah. And I never knew this, but it's a... Um, Wind in the Willows is a commentary on uh, British culture. Oh, really? Yeah. They're, it's like I, um, oh, what's the word? They're like making fun of. Oh, it's a, satire? Yeah. Yeah. It's a satire on uh, British culture. That's funny. Yeah. My favorite w- ride at Disney World, I don't think they have it anymore, but it was Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Yeah. I loved that ride. Yeah. It's really it's interesting because as soon as you realize it's a satire, like all of the characters, that kind of explains it's weird. It is weird, and it makes way more sense when you realize it's satire. Because okay. I mean, the whole I mean, if you know, kind of, um, if you're like a child of the '90s, you grew up with like Mr. Toad's Toad's Wild Ride. Like that's a really well, there freaky was a, movie. And then right, there's the that was cartoon. A, I hated that movie. The cartoons I liked, but yeah. I remember being excited about that movie coming out because wasn't it people like yeah, stuff like them? It was real too people. weird. Yeah, and and the concept is weird. You know, Toad goes. Toad is like this lavish, luxurious, overindulgent character who's got bags of money, and he gets obsessed with motor cars, and then he steals a motor car, and then he's thrown in jail, and the whole like judging process is really ruthless and they're really awful to toad even though he's awful like there's no grace and it all makes sense as soon as you realize it's a satire um but molly and rat um are kind of the main characters of the story and molly is kind of more timid he lives in his hole his little mole hole and then one spring he just gets like 
super motivated to just go see what's out there. Mm -hmm. And it totally makes sense because spring. And Mm -hmm. what I love so much about the book is I love the seasons too. And everything that the characters are doing are in, it's all in season. Right. They're doing things in these different seasons. And Badger, who's probably my favorite character, is like this very crusty um, friend of theirs. Um, Let me back up. Molly meets Rat. Rat is like this luxury um, but simple character. Like a lot like we talk about, like just the everyday things. He loves his river and he loves tea and he loves smoking and he loves, you know, looking at the stars. And he's just, I want to be Rat. I want to be like (laughs) Rat. And he's just like this very just nonchalant, cool guy. And he just loves life and it's beautiful. And he's found what he loves about life and he keeps doing it over and over and over again, which is go on his river. But they have this friend, Badger. Badger's really crusty until he realizes, oh, you're my friends. Come on in. It's just you guys. The which, crusty people are always the crusty like that. people are always the best. I've learned that. Yes. The crusty people stick around. Yep. The ones that are super nice. Like Toad. (laughs) Toad was like, come in, come in, friends, my friends. We'll go on vacations. I'll give you all these things. And Mm. he's like. Red flags. Yep. He's he's a bad guy, kind of. But the crusty ones, they're gush. Yes. And Badger, Badger cares so deeply for Toad and is like, he will be his own ruin. We need to go and confront him and in the cartoon it's really funny because we've been letting the kids watch a little bit of the cartoon Mm -hmm. while we're reading it and then we have to stop it because we're like oh we're not at that part yet and it's made it really fun fun. yeah yeah because they're like it's like this big anticipation like what's happening next and when in the willows um and then we have to go and read it and then we can go watch a little more but um badger is like we've got to go and confront toad and mole's like yes and and we've We've got to help him come to his senses. And they're all excited. And Badger's like, in the spring, because it's the dead of winter that they're talking about this. And he's like, well, wait till spring. And I just have been thinking about that so much, about how there's there's this confrontation that needs to happen. And, you know, you would think, well, let's go and have that confrontation right now. Let's go and do the thing. Let's get it over with. But Badger's like, this is the winter. This is when, you know, Things are calm. This is when we we hibernate and, you know, we eat and drink and feast and we're in front of this big fire and we'll do that in the spring. And I it it's it's a book that was written what, I don't know, maybe in the I don't know. It's old. Yeah. Maybe 50s, late 40s. 1800s or early oh. 1900s. I'm really not sure. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. But it was written a while ago, so they didn't have the kind of distraction that we have now. And, of course, it's a book about animals. But there's just this calm and this contentedness about all of the characters, except for Toad, who is kind of like the villain. You know, he's the villain to himself. And... I guess the seasons, living with the seasons. Makes me think of that, that phrase, in due season. Yeah. It just shows a lot of contentment, yeah. a lot of childlike trust. Yeah. yeah. Just, well, this, this is a really good thing. We'll do that. We'll do that in the spring, you know? Right. We need to have that conversation. Let's wait till it's... When it's appropriate. Yeah. yeah. But right that's time. what, in due season, That's we don't even think about that because we can do anything In anytime. or out of season. Right. I mean, right. We you know talked about the weather, but and it does affect us, but not near 
as much as it used to affect people, mm-hmm. you know, because we have air conditioning and heat. And right. so we're able to, we have electricity. So it doesn't really matter to us that much that the days are longer or shorter. Right. But what we've lost, besides having insanely messed up biorhythms, <laughs> we've lost that idea of limit- limitations, which we that we've talked about a lot and the blessing of them and having to be do something in its proper season and to not be so immediate about everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's good. Um, I was, I mentioned earlier, one of my favorite uh, books. Um, it's called crime and punishment. No, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, I don't think I own Crime and Punishment. What is it? What did, um, oh, what's his name? Samuel Clemens, Mark Twain. He said classics are the books that everybody talks about and nobody reads. <laughs> I own a lot of classics, but I have read some. But this is another famous author, Dr. Seuss. And it's one of his lesser known books because it wasn't published when he was alive. And it's also more than that. It's not illustrated by, um, like all the other Dr. Seuss books are. It's so you don't recognize it as a Dr. Seuss book, but it's called My Many Colored Days. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of become like a popular board book. Yeah. I've seen it frequently, but when I discovered it, it was probably when Sam was little. Mm-hmm. And I'm not lying when, I mean, talk about wisdom. That book literally, literally changed my life. And here's why. Because the premise of the book is um, that your diff- the different colors kind of um, stand for different emotions and feelings, right? right? So it, it goes, you know, some days I'm flamingo pink, I'm happy pink, and everything is happy, happy, happy. Some days I am gray and it's low and slow, and other days are black and I roar. <coughs> Excuse me. Um some days are yellow, busy, busy, busy bee. Yeah, right. And it goes all the way through and like, you know, all, but at, and then at the end it says, but in the end, you know, these are my many colored days and they all make up me. Mm-hmm. That's a, um, not so great summary of it, but I remember reading that book and thinking, I think all my days should be busy, buzzy bee. Mm-hmm. That the expectation for every single day for me is that I have to perform at top level, get everything done. Right. I, and, and it, and it, it just probably the timing of it, wherever I was in my life. And it was like, oh my gosh, I really do think all my days are supposed to be yellow, busy, buzzy bee. Like the spring of your life perpetually. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, you know, I thought, and there are other people who I think think all their days should be fun, you know, flamingo pink. Summer. Right. (laughs) Right. And, um, and it just, it, it, I felt like it was like a, uh, an open window out of this very, um, contrived way of looking at my life and it was an invitation for sure yeah and that's exactly how I felt when I was reading wind in the willows like and they're speaking so beautifully about the seasons you know so it's just like beautiful literature it's just described so 
luxuriously, but then also how each season has very different purpose and for the animals and what they're about in each season. And it is because of industry that we don't have to live that way anymore. I was even thinking while you were talking about spring cleaning, you know, mm-hmm. like that's not really a thing anymore. Right. Now, as soon as you get up the gumption and you've had enough coffee, you go Marie Kondo your house and, <laughs> you know, yeah. start your new life the way yeah. that you want it to be, you know, reinvent. But why did we have spring cleaning? We had spring cleaning because it was like practical. It's cool enough now that we can open the windows right, right. and, you know, it's also warm enough right. you know, that we can do some things that we weren't able to do all winter. Yeah. But we don't. We don't have those constraints anymore. But choosing them, there's wisdom in it. When you guys were little, I had a book that talked about just purchasing what's in season, you know. Mm -hmm. And it was really practical because it's less expensive, it's local, it's better for you. But it was the first time that I realized that actually strawberries aren't growing (laughs) year-round, you know. And there's strawberries in the, you know, early spring, early summer. I mean, late spring, early summer that are from the farm down the road at the grocery store. Right. And then in the winter, they're from, you know, California or Mexico. And, you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with buying strawberries in the winter. They are a lot more expensive, you know. And I remember thinking, wouldn't it be fun to anticipate the strawberries in the spring? Yeah. And so I just began to do that, you know, began to... Um, try to purchase what was in season. And I mean, it's like I said, it's cheaper, it's way healthier. But yeah, there's something about we think that if we have absolute freedom, that we're going to be our happiest. And um, years ago, I had a professor in school that's he talked about the difference between liberty and freedom. And he talked about liberty is freedom within limits. And, you know, and of course, those words can be, you know, there's there's nuance to them and how they'd be defined. But the concept was what we're really after is not absolute freedom. We want liberty to enjoy what we have. Mm. But but liberty, the the concept of liberty, as he described it, allows for limitations. And I, I loved that because I feel like we are kind of wired to think of limitations any any. um hindrance to absolute freedom as being a negative thing mm-hmm. but it's um it's not really absolute freedom like we said is when you i mean the, the chaos and freedom of summer is great but then we begin to actually miss some of the the stopping points or the um you know in our in our in our in our life mm-hmm. and so the idea of liberty is there are constraints and that enables you to really, really enjoy life within them. Right. Unless you live with your face pressed up against them, looking out at what you don't have and your back turned to everything you do have to enjoy. Right. What is that other quote? What author was it that talked about like living like wildly within? What, who was that? There, there was an author you shared with me recently who there shared this has this quote about mm-hmm. living wildly within like a certain um, bounds, like just that exact same concept. I don't remember. This is the problem with me not having more constraints on my reading. <laughs> oh, can read. I'm like, yeah, that like, I read this great thing where, from somewhere. <laughs> somewhere somebody said something like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the idea of living wildly. 
Right. Yeah. Within these limitations. It's making me think what, what in summer, what, what does summer allow and how can I press into that season in a more thoughtful and present way? I mean, there it's freedom. There is freedom. Mm -hmm. Summer is not the time necessarily to, I don't know, act like it's fall, you know, and get all my, all my, my ducks in a row per Mm -hmm. se. I think I really want to just embrace what feels like is tugging at me all day long, which is just to be outside. Yeah. Yesterday we just sweated buckets. We were outside (laughs) all day long playing in the garden, refilling the pool and the house, you know, just was kind of the afterthought. And last (coughs) night as I was cleaning, I was, cleaning the kitchen and just talking with Ethan um, and making coffee for the next day. I was like, this makes sense. Like this makes sense that all day long we were outside. Right. Because we can be. Yeah. And in the winter we can't be. So why would I say, no guys, in the heat of this summer day, we're going to stop and come inside and do a bunch of house projects. Like, I don't yeah. have to do that right, right now, but I have all of fall and winter to yeah. be more mainly inside. I don't know. I think that I can just get so idealistic about, like, what everything is supposed to look like that I I picture myself almost outside of a season. Like, there, like you said, like, there is no season because I have, you know, the ability to do whatever I want in whatever season. So it seems to me like you're talking about, I mean— being more aware of not only the constraints, but also the opportunities. Right. Because with these, that's what we're saying with these constraints comes freedom. So what is each season allowing me? What freedoms are allowed me in this season Mm -hmm. and, you know, are more readily availing themselves. Well, I can go outside all day. Yeah. Literally the whole day we could spend outside because it's not, going to get too cold that anybody needs to go inside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I th- and I think that I've often that thought, okay, of all the things that I want to accomplish or want to do, what will I not be able to do, you know, when summer's over? Yeah. So that's going to guide me. So even like, I, I do think people, you know, well, I was teaching and I'm not teaching now and I'll probably be teaching part-time in the fall. And so I do kind of have this, okay, I got to get it done. Got to get it done now. And just learning to say, okay, well, it's summer, you know, and um, there are things that projects that I won't be able to do, you know, because of weather later and um, time constraints. So, yeah, just just thinking through that, um, both with, I think, projects, but also with when I look back on the summer, do I want it to have been consumed with projects? Just household projects, yeah. I'll be really sad if I didn't get out to the lake with you guys and my new inflatable unicorn, which is really special. That kind of reminds me of when you made a summer bucket list. Do you remember you had clothes pins uh-huh. and you wrote yeah. like all the different things you wanted to do? And I think, what was it? You took it out and you put it on the bucket, Yeah. right? When you had done it. Yeah. It just makes me want to make a bucket list. Like, whether it's an actual bucket or not, I don't know. We'll see how crafty I get, but just <laughs> a bucket list for the things you really want to. Right, both yeah. practically that you can only do in summer, but also that I want to embrace. 
Yeah, I think that's a good way to look at every season is, okay, what does this, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit by a fire in the evening during the summer because it's too hot. Yeah. But I certainly want to do that in the fall, right? So, and and we can miss those things. Mm -hmm. Um, I know though, I can idealize either thing, right? So I can idealize, like I remember I did make that summer bucket list and it was fun, but I also remember feeling like, oh, I only got, you know, a third of my summer bucket, like as if that was failure instead of, oh, look at all the things that I actually did, Mm -hmm. the fun summer things that I actually did. And I was talking with my counselor recently about that, about, you know, when, when I was teaching, it was hard because I couldn't do these things at home, these projects. On the other hand, I didn't feel burdened by them because mm. I couldn't do them. Mm-hmm. So now here I was coming back home and I was just sharing. I'm like, it feels almost like a tsunami, like all this stuff has been waiting for me. And now I've got to, you know, just knock out all these projects now. And and so she was just helping me kind of, you know, look at my days and hold both. That I'm human, one. Right? I can't, I need rest. I need play. Mm-hmm. I need I want and desire time, mm-hmm. you know, and, but I also desire to get some of this stuff done. It'll make life easier come fall, you know, when I don't right. have as much time. And so she was saying, you know, to ask yourself, what, what do I desire? And then kind of come up with a plan, but, but be willing to be flexible and hold that loosely. And right. um, that tension is hard. It's harder than just saying, oh, it's summer, forget it, I'm not going to do a thing, I'll worry about it later. And then, you know, of course, you know, you have to pay for that at the end of the summer when you're like, oh, no, I missed all that opportunity. Right. Or it's harder than saying, it's summer, it's my only chance, I got to do this and this and this and this. Mm-hmm. But to say, it's summer and I need to play and I need to get these projects done and there is this opportunity and there are these limitations and how do I just walk with a light spirit you know, in, in that. And for me, that's just really being more childlike than, you know, and I do have a list and I do have a plan, but that's not where my security is. And, um, and then, you know, kind of noticing when I pressed up against, you know, one direction too far. Yeah. Like, I told you last week at the end of the day when I was like, I can't walk. I can't move. Because <laughs> I went from, you know, being fairly sedentary all year long teaching to I am going to clean up. You know, I mean, we did. We cleaned up the front porch and the back porch and they're pretty big. And it was a and I'm thrilled that we did. But it was like, OK, maybe maybe I can't go eight hours physical labor yeah. <laughs> in a day. Yeah. So, yeah, just and realizing it's I've it's got to be it's a it's if I'm going to look back on my summer with joy it needs to be both right. both and it has to be kind of more well-rounded. And anticipation is is good. It's okay. It's okay to be able to give it your best shot and get those projects done that you can get done. And play a little bit and also anticipate a different season where different things are going to be easier to accomplish. It is, it's so childlike to say, I can do this much 
but I can't do it all. And to accept that. Something you and I were talking about earlier, too, was, you know, to, to press into the life that you feel like God is calling you and for you in the season of raising young children. And we've talked about how, sure, there's these other things you could be doing now, mm-hmm. but you are in the spring of parenting, the spring of child rearing. So what do what is wisest to do in the spring, you know? To sow seeds. To sow seeds, right, and to nurture them and to spend. It's a very, very focused, hard-working time. And, you know, there are things in the fall of life, um, you know, you and I have talked before about writing books, right? And it's not that young people can't write, your young moms can't write books. I mean, they can. But to look at, okay, when is, is there space in this season for that? Mm -hmm. Or is that something that could be done later? And more importantly, could what I'm doing right now be done so that, you know, as a mother, the type of mothering you're doing right now can can't, only be done in the spring. Can't be done later. Right. You don't, you'll always be a mother, but what you're doing right now. That's a, such a good point. So looking at our seasons and saying, what can we only do now here? Right. And you, you know, mm-hmm. your children won't want to sit and read stories. <laughs> Yeah. Forever. <laughs> yeah. You'll get to do it with your grandchildren, but you know what I mean, right? They yeah. they won't want to garden with you, you know, when, as they get older, they're going to have their own interests. Right. And so if you, this is your season, this is your yeah. chance. And it's a lot harder to garden in the heat of summer or the fall. People, we still do it, but yeah, this is the time. And yeah, um, yeah so to live into really your hard season. into that season. And exactly. What can I only, only do, do now? now? Yeah. That's so good because all of a sudden it makes things very clear, just very practical. Like you said, I can only do small children now because they're only small now. Yeah. <laughs> and write books and different aspirations can be done later. Right. 10, 20, 30 years later, sure. I can do yeah. those things. Yeah. But this I can only do now. I think that's why I've wrestled so much with like pushing back and getting really rebellious about, you know, what I say yes to and, yeah. and very convicted about what I say no to, like strong conviction towards my nose. Like, no, I, I could do that. That's good. And that's great. And an awesome opportunity, but just not now mm-hmm. because I guess in my subconscious, I know that, like, I know that I can only do this once, but you just put it into words. Like I can only do it now. Right. And there's this draw in my heart around birthday cakes and stories and, you know, sitting with fussy toddlers that <laughs> it's just, it's deep. And and from where I sit, you know, I look back and I see, you know, lots of things. If we had a do-over, there are things I'd do different. But that investment of living with, you know, and pouring myself into you guys when you were little and then through your, you know, growing up in teen years. I mean, there's, I don't know that anybody regrets, you know, I really spent too much time with my children. I think I focused a little bit too much on being a mom. I don't, I mean, obviously we can spoil our kids, but that's not what we're talking about. We're just talking about, you know, investing uh, mm-hmm. I've never regretted that, never will regret that. And actually now it's almost like come full circle. I look at Cheryl's kids and, you know, 
you know, Elisha's six and, you know, um, Amelia's seven. I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember seven. I remember being seven. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy how fast. And of course, it just goes faster and faster. And I see, okay, there's, there's opportunity, even though I'm more in a fall season of life, it's the spring of their season. And I have opportunity as a grandmother now that I won't have. I mean, I want to be a part of their lives throughout, but you know what I'm saying? You know, they won't want to sit and cuddle with me in five years. Yeah. So to really look at, I think, our family life in that paradigm. I mean, there's a reason God gave us seasons and it's not just the weather. Yeah. It's our lives and, Mm -hmm. and it, and there's wisdom. Mm Mm-hmm. And paying attention to it and, and yeah, and receiving it and enjoying it. Yeah. And then I get so excited because, you know what, my fave, I love the seasons. I love all of them, but fall's coming. Even in the heat of summer, I start thinking, oh, fall. And then as soon as you think fall and it's Christmas. For me, it's like right at the beginning of July. I'm like, Christmas is coming. I know. Christmas in July. Yeah. Well, what? Yeah, we're almost there. Beginning of July. Yeah. Which is so much fun. We'll be. I love the seasons. I love the, the shifts in our weather, the shifts in our homes. And um, they're really a gift. And it's foolish to live ignorant of them. Mm-hmm. But to really, really think about ways we can open our hearts and schedules and to just all the gifts that they have to offer that won't be here. You know, pumpkin mm-hmm. spice latte right now. Eh. No, I don't actually love it that much in the fall no. either, but, <laughs> but you know, it's kind of like the, you know, it's the symbol. It's the, the, for all of fullness, um, fires and leaves and it's pumpkin wonderful. bread. Pumpkin bread. Yeah. Yeah pumpkin everything (laughs) the glorious pumpkin but we're not there yet yes yeah we're in summer summer yeah so we need more lake days and lollipops not lollipops um popsicles (laughs) popsicles sangria there you go 